Non-rock-a-boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yes! Yes! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go into the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. I got, I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when they're not. Woe to those who decree iniquitous decrees and the writers who keep writing oppression to turn aside the needy from justice and to rob the poor of my people of their right, that widows may be their spoil and that they make the fatherless their prey. What will you do on the day of punishment in the ruin that will come from afar? To whom will you flee for help and where will you leave your wealth? What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Apologia Radio. This is... This is Apologia Radio, the gospel heard around the world. You can get more at ApologiaStudios.com. That's A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A Studios.com. Go there, get all access, get all of the after shows, get Apologia Academy, Apologia TV, and of course, everyone should already have your free, completely for free, Bonson U account where you can Whoa, access. Yes. That's right. The yeah. entire. Can you hear in the background? He's in what? the background. Right that's David now. Bonson right now. Hey, this is like it's 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 deep. We're such it's good friends. It We're is. such good friends. We're not watching him at all. Right now. <laughs> that's right. We're doing it during his talk. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, Bonson U free. Get your uh, accounts and listen. Get one of the highest level seminary experiences available today. From Greg Bonson, Dr. Greg Bonson, his whole life work is going to be up there at ApologiaStudios.com. If you are a believer who wants to get a seminary level education and get it for free and it's the top of the class, go to Bonson U. If you are a Bible study group and you want the best of the best, go to Bonson U. It is free. Thanks to David Bonson and the Bonson family. We have that for you for free at ApologiaStudios.com. Go there to get it as soon as you can. Sign up for all access. Make everything we do possible. Uh, so here we go. I'm the ninja. That's the bear. What up? That's the girl. Hello. And that's Darren Doan. Right here. Donut. Let's go. Did you know I actually went to Bonson Theological Seminary? Did, do you go to Bonson? Did too? you? I did. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Back in the day. Back in the day, Way baby. The day, the, that's uh, right. The S-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-S something. There were so many C's in the Southern California cl- something <laughs> yeah. Christian. Something Southern California something. Christian Center for Southern Studies. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it. that's right. Yeah. There's a lot of C's well, in the it, middle. It was, it was Bonson Theological Seminary, and yep. then it was yes. uh, Christ Theological Seminary. Yep. And then it sort of disappeared. Right. Um, and now it's basically you have it. We're bringing yes. it back, baby. Which is so cool. We're bringing it back. And so uh, 
Yeah, and I you mean, came to Christ because of David Bonson. I came to Christ because of David Bonson. That man, that, that man behind circle. us. That man. Bonson family. Crazy. That through, Bonson family. Through punk rock, Christian punk rock subculture, and here we are at the Fight, Laugh, Feast event, which is basically punk just rock. the next level punk rock Christian Hyperianism as David yeah. Bonson. So it actually really is a really weird full circle thing that's right. happening. That's yeah. right. So um, we're here at the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference. It is called the Politics Se yes. of Sex conference. You can still say sex on YouTube mm. and uh, Facebook and Twitter and everything else because they really enjoy that. Um, <laughs> for, now. A, for now. For There's now. There's a lot of other things that you can't say right now, like Iver and uh, <laughs> that. Um, and just know that as we do this, like literally YouTube is reading and Facebook reads even uh, or listens to what you're saying. Uh, I'm waiting for it to read our shirt and just shut us down. Mid woke is broke. Woke is broke. Um, Maybe they'll see me in a collared shirt and think something's wrong. Yeah, yeah. They'll be like, something's up. Something's up. I bought two collared shirts and I've worn them at this event. I was in oh. Costco and I was just walking by and I saw these Greg Norman. I thought, I wonder if I could pull those off. You do, I just bought you do it quite well. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So I have not worn a collared shirt in probably, I, I don't know when the last time I wore it. Maybe my wedding. My, my I wife, knew there was something different. My wife, tried yeah. to, my wife tried to get me to buy a shirt just like that. No way. And I just two days ago and I said, babe, I'm not old enough yet. You said, babe, so, I'm not Darren Doan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not do, I'm not doing I'm not, that. <laughs> I'm not doanding that. <laughs> doanding that. <laughs> so here we are. Uh, Fight Laugh Feast Conference. Uh, we got and you're not speaking. I'm not speaking. You're I'm going speaking. up to talk about our amicus brief uh, before the Supreme Court, which, by the way, if... Uh, um, hey, actually, let me see here. Carmen, can you grab my, my bag right there for me real fast? I'm going to show everybody something. Uh, if you haven't heard, uh, we participated in filing an amicus brief at the Supreme Court. Thank you. This is Isaac, everyone. You know Isaac. Up, you know his Isaac? voice. So we filed. What's that word, Jeff? You're saying is it amicus? It's amicus. I'm, no, I'm amicus. Amicus. I'm just asking. Amicus. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I hear what everyone is it? saying it differently. I know. I'm, I not, just, I'm I not an amicus attorney. Amicus sounds more Latin, kind of Christiany homeschool. Yeah. Yeah. You guys got that amicus? That's right. That's you right. Guys I, doing think, that I think amicus has a table here at Phylacis. <laughs> yes. Do they? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, amicus. Good people. There you go. Really I don't know what that stands for. Amicus. Amicus. Brief, file the Supreme Court. If you don't know about this yet, you should get to know it and let everybody know. This is wholly unique. It has not been done yet. So this is in reference to Roe versus Wade. We're trying to criminalize and abolish abortion at the state level. We're trying to do that, of course, uh, establish justice, uh, oppose iniquitous decrees, like Isaiah chapter 10 says. But this was filed by our attorney friend, uh, Bradley Pierce, and a number of other ministries and organizations uh, abolish Abortion, Abolish Abortion, Texas, Action for Life, Free the States, Rescue Those, Operation Save America, End Abortion Now. Uh, this is, uh, I treasure this. I really, really do. I'm going to put this actually in a frame for us in oh, the studio. Uh, this is a brief sent to the Supreme Court, uh, calling the Supreme Court to repentance of sin, calling them to obey Jesus Christ. And uh, it's amazing. This is my favorite part of the whole thing here. When it lists uh, at the beginning the, uh, let's see here, the, the authorities, the table of authorities. So this is the amicus brief at the Supreme Court right now. Again, uh, sent in uh, by a number of organizations and ministries. Bradley Pierce did this uh, for us. Table of authorities. The very first thing you see under table of authorities is the Holy Bible, the nice. Word of God. And so there's a number of different verses listed there, some constitutional provisions, some cases, and if you read this amicus brief, you will see 
that this is done in a very different way than, say, the pro-life industry would typically do it. It is acknowledging the kingship, the lordship of Jesus Christ, and it is, it is confronting the Supreme Court for their wicked decree, and it, uh, it, it tells them to immediately, of course, uh, do away with their decision of Roe. Here's the thing. We could care less if the Supreme Court ultimately does away with Roe versus Wade. Roe does not create law in our country. We don't believe in judicial supremacy. We believe in the Constitution of the United States of America. Thank you, Puritans. Thank you, Christians, who gave us all of that. Um, Lex Rex. Um, not the other way around. It's not the king who is law. It's a law that is king. And um, Can I ruin the whole show? Yeah, yeah, ruin it. Because I, I, obviously I just barged in on the show. And no, I'm, it's okay. And, this, and we haven't talked about anything. So I'm not trying to throw like a, you know, I really have a question, yeah, yeah. and I'd love to have something kind of maybe articulated if you guys are comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm so in the dark on what the argument is over the incremental and the abolitionist and what I'm, can, can someone educate me on where this seems to be a division amongst Christians right now? I'm so glad you asked. No, I'm, no I'm serious. That's I have no question. idea what's going on. Yeah, well, so we just did a two-hour, at least, at least uh, <laughs> Help podcast. Help me out. What are you guys? We are Christians. Christians fighting for abolition. Oh, fighting for, yeah, it. yeah. We're, okay. we're, we're, Christi we're, we're just fighting this as the church with the word of God as the foundation. And so we do want to see the criminalization or the end or the abolition of abortion. Um, our contention is that the pro-life industry, not pro-life people who are typically like you and I, okay. Christians who say that's our team, right? We're for right. life. Sure. They're right. for death, we're for life. Right. Where our contention is that the pro-life industry is neutral. They specifically say that they are not Christian. They specifically say that they do not want this to be about the word of God as the authority. Okay. They specifically do not want to call it murder. And this is the dirty little secret of the pro-life industry, and this is really, really important. This is probably one of the key issues is the pro-life industry does not, does not want abortion to be seen as a criminal act by the mother or the father. They are not fighting for that. Okay. They do not want that. They don't want you to say that she's guilty of murder. They believe that mother and baby are both equally victims in the issue of abortion. Okay. And so when you see the pro-life industry fighting against abortion over the last 50 years, they're doing it from a neutral perspective without allegiance to Christ, um, and they're doing it um, in a way where they say, well, we'll do this incrementally. Now, here's the problem. They believe that Roe versus Wade, they act as though Roe versus Wade is law. Okay. It's not. And one of the things that's really uh, a treasure for us over the last week and a half, Darren, is that Saki, uh, in the last uh, week and a half, when the issue of the Texas law came up, the White House uh, briefing, she said that uh, when she was saying this is Biden's answer to Texas, that we want to, as he said in the campaign, we want to codify Roe as law, because Roe is not law. They want to make Roe What law. is it? It's a court opinion. It's a court opinion. It's a court opinion. It's a fallacious court opinion. Um, when it says things like, for example, what's in the womb is potential human life. Knock down, drag out, you're done, you're over. So what is a law versus a, an opinion? Congress creates laws. Congress creates laws. So, uh, as an example, it's a good, these are great questions. I feel like we could insert that school rock. So, yeah, well, no, I'm, I'm learning. Yeah. So, but, the, I mean, yeah. the Supreme Court gives an opinion, right? Okay. See, this is, this is what we think. Right. Now, the Supreme Court has been rejected by states throughout our history. They give an opinion, and the states say, um, go pound sand. Right. We're not, that's, that's, we, we, we reject your opinion. It's not constitutional. So, Roe v. Wade is not law. It's no. not law. It's a court opinion. 
And here's what's important. States like Idaho, your state, yep. and my state, Arizona, until fairly recently, because the pro-life industry decriminalized abortion in my state this year, um, we had laws that called abortion homicide, that said it was a crime. And when the Supreme Court gave their opinion, if the states were going to agree with Roe, they were supposed to adjust their legislation, their books, to come into conformity with Roe. Would, would that then be a state's rights issue if the state yep. then decides to agree with the opinion, right. then it becomes law at a state level? At a state level. Okay. So Arizona has had uh, a criminal uh, sanction against abortion for both the mother and the doctor throughout the duration of Roe versus Wade. And it wasn't until this year when we tried to criminalize abortion that the pro-life industry in my state actually removed the law criminalizing abortion for the mother. Okay, are they incrementalists? Who? The pro-life movement you're talking about? When I say, when we talk about incrementalists, we mean in terms of what they say. These are good questions, Darren. What they say is that we are going to chunk away at the issue of abortion incrementally because the assumption is Roe did something. Okay. Roe was law. Right. Saki doesn't think so. Biden doesn't think so. But the pro-life industry thinks so. Okay. Um, and what they say is, well, let's just sort of like chip away at it. So I'll give you an example. We put in a bill for equal protection to criminalize abortion this year in January. The pro-life industry told the legislators in my state, don't vote for that bill. Got it. And what they did was they said, vote for this bill. And in their bill, their incremental steps were, um, number one, uh, you are not allowed to kill your child on abortion for the express reason of it having a genetic uh, abnormality. Right. Now, there's a way around that. It's a piece of cake, and they know this. I brought it to their attention. All a mother has to say in Arizona with that ridiculous law is I'm not killing it because it has Down syndrome, I'm killing it because I hate it, and you're, you still kill your baby in my state. Okay. So they also said you have to give your baby a proper burial. It's mm -hmm. not that you have to attend the funeral, it right. means you gotta pay, pay Planned Parenthood a fee to do away with the remains of the baby right. you've killed. Right, But then, which they, for them would be double dipping. Yeah, I mean, in a way, right? Yeah, so incrementalism, they'll, they will celebrate that. They'll say, um, I'll give you another one. Just last year, one of the states said, um, Pro-life industry uh, groups had celebrated a victory, and they said, um, well, check out this, this victorious bill we wrote. You can no longer kill your baby in our state with sharp instruments. Mm. So imagine fighting during the time of, say, slavery, and you said, well, let's, this is an unjust thing. God calls it wicked. He says you deserve to die for it, man-stealing and, and uh, enslaving somebody. So let's, let's do away with um, maiming your slaves with anything sharp. You can still use any clubs or fists that you like, but no more maiming them with anything sharp. Got I don't it. think any Christian would be on no, board right. with that, but that's the kind of thing that they do incrementally. What we say is this is a foundational issue. The Word of God is authoritative. It defines what's in the womb. So in terms of a heartbeat bill, right. number one, it's ineffective because they can easily get around it. Ultrasound techs that work for the killer have a hard time finding heartbeats. The next thing is, is it takes away the role of the state, according to God's word, to do the punishing of the criminal, and it puts it into the hands of the citizens to file lawsuits. It's a $10,000 lawsuit penalty for right. killing your child. The next thing... So you, so you don't like this bill? No, because it, it forces me as a Christian to abandon my commitments to the word of God, which says that God forms life and you're, you are a human from conception. Right. What makes you human is the unique creation of God by God, formed in the womb, not a heartbeat. But is this the distinction? Because what was the whole flare-up with, like, you know, um, 
I'm trying to think where, where you had, I mean, because weren't people calling Doug Wilson an incrementalist? Um, yeah, he calls himself a smash mouth incrementalist. Right. I'd love to talk to Doug. You know how I... What does that mean to you, though? He's right over there. We should grab him. Right. What yeah. does that mean? Um, well, what he means is he's fully committed to what we are in terms of... Sure, God I would know that. We're right. exactly yeah. the same yeah. page. Right. Uh, but he thinks that it's okay to accept some of these incremental steps to get to the end. Right. I think it's an abandonment of a lot of biblical principles. It's an abandonment, uh, ultimately, of how the law works in our country. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Doug thinks I'm wrong on things. I think this is a is a is a blind spot or a gap in his, in his thinking okay. just a bit. Because if you talk, if we if we were sitting down, Doug and I over a, over a bourbon, yeah, we would be 100% on the same page. Sure, the de the definition, what's at stake, all exactly, that. You exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. And so I think that there's some areas where um, Christians who are fully consistent just don't know this world as well as someone who has sort of stepped into it and talked to them and right. listened to them reason. Um, like, for example, the key issue, the key issue is that dirty little secret of the pro-life industry. Sure. Where oh, they yeah. say, she's not a murderer, mm -hmm. she's not guilty of anything, she's a victim. Right. That now robs us of the ability to preach the gospel to the woman. Is that category potentially there, though? Which category? Of, I mean, clearly you do have people who, for lack of a better word, have been brainwashed in regards to what all this is. Well, I would say that there are some women that I would call a victim in this. Right. And that is few and far between, sure. less than... But you would make a category for, that. there's got to be those people. Like the sex trafficking victim. 100%. The pimp forces her to kill Absolutely. her baby. And she's got, she, she can't, she's trying to fight against right. it and he right. forces her into it. Right. In that category... And continues doing it. She's been trained. Yeah. Right. That's an exception to the rule. Right. But, but the, the thing, too, that people forget is... Just like any other crime, especially if it's murder, it would have to go to trial. So that woman would have, if she's truly innocent, she'd have an opportunity to prove herself to be innocent. Right. Right. Because, because wouldn't, wouldn't we say from just a cultural standpoint, a public standpoint, the way kids have been raised from an evolutionary standpoint, what they're told, what their body is, what's in their body. I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. Just get rid of the cyst. Mm. I mean, I, I would think from just the majority of how people are thinking, not do they know some in their heart do they know it's wrong is it stamped in their soul and their dna what right i'm not saying that but it would seem like at some level though there's got to be that category again i've never talked to you guys about this no stuff. no it's good no it's a good question so one of the things that was a shock to us darren because we're not the experts in this field i haven't been doing scott this scott klusendorf is yeah, right? right no um <laughs> that's so, twice this week and the yeah. names come up uh well you guys were the first people i ever heard bag on scott and i was as a Christian, I used to go around following Scott, following Greg Kolkel, J.P. Moreland, all these guys, and Scott was like a beast. Yeah, Scott Klusenerf has got some it was like really fantastic... Back in the day, the dude was a beast. He's got some fantastic arguments, like the sled argument. Oh, unbelievable, phenomenal. yeah. phenomenal. Right. Scott has some great arguments. Uh, I have no problem with that, but in terms of his, his fundamental commitments as to what's really wrong and how we actually face this down as a church... I think that he's he's compromised in ways that do damage to our witness. Right. Um, no, when I heard you say that, I was, I was like, ooh. Now, obviously, I like when someone challenges, like, everything you thought you knew. You're like, oh, well, I've had that plenty of times, and it's yeah. usually pretty cool when yeah. someone does that. We love Scott. He's not fond of us. Right. Let's put okay. it that way. Okay. Um, and uh, we... Well, are things worse right now? Because let's say the Scott Klusendorfs and the incrementalists, let's say they've had the majority of the influence thus far yes. on the pro-life movement. Are we better today than we were 40 years ago in regards to, to the progress? I would say that's a great question. I think that we are so much better 
in the last 10 years. And do you think that's because of the quote-unquote incrementalist, or do you think because of what I would call, in a rough conversation here, kind of the hardcore, no, we don't give up any room here? I would say, I would define it this way, it's because the church particularly, now they, there's giants around here that, that, that deserve to be called heroes in God's Hall of Fame. Uh, they've been doing this much longer than us and are much better people to be doing this, if you ask me, than, right. than us. Sure. However, um, I think they've been working for the last generation, but the last 10 years specifically, you've had a move of the church mm. a, approaching this issue with the gospel at the front, right. saying no compromise, the word of God defines this. And then, check this out, Darren, in just 2021, we have Arizona, Oklahoma, Texas, South Carolina, Pennsylvania, uh, and we're working on Louisiana and Florida right now. Bills of equal protection, criminalization, abolition in the legislature submitted, wow. right? That's one year. Right. That is unheard of in all the time since Roe. And that's not because we've invented some new cool, really neat strategy. Fancy way, right, Things yeah. are really working out for us. We have the most limited budget compared to the pro-life industry. Sure. This is because Christians have literally been going to the legislators saying, God commands you to establish justice. You need to repent of this. You need to be consistent. And they're doing it because Christians are literally going to them saying, do this to honor Jesus. Well, yeah. you you really flipped me on that when I saw that video years ago, whenever you said that. It wasn't that long. It was like, two, like, I don't know, maybe two or three years ago, maybe four years max when I heard you say like, you know, here's why I'm not down with Klusendorf. And I was like, what's he talking about? But what hit me was, I remember I hadn't had this conversation with somebody in a long time, but a few years before that moment, I remember going through sled, argument, right. all that stuff, right? Yeah. And then someone said to me, I know and I'm fine with killing it. Right. That, and I, and that's I, actually the new right. argument. And that was like five, six years yeah. ago. And I was like, well, this is, this is, I can't, this must be an anomaly because no one's really going to say that, you know? And then now it really has become, and I think you were really prophetic in seeing that, you know, much like you look at the Van Til's of the world who are looking at even an, an, just a simple apologetic method saying, you know, if you keep being an evidentialist, it's going to end up with X, Y. And you're like, come on, dude, stop it. You're talking about someone being an evidentialist is going to end in the, is going to somehow end with the, end, the, 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 refer, the reformed churches. Come on. Right. And then it did. Right. Right. So yeah. you pointing out that I thought was really prophetic because that is the argument now. And then yeah, totally. where do you go? Like, oh, I guess we're back to the law of You need to repent of your sin. God, yeah. Right. This is now we're back to murder. Oh. Yeah. Well, you, and that, and that goes, really, I was like, well, I didn't know we were here. I'm thankful for you guys really being, you know, you sort of go through your apologetic cycles of where you're at in your life, what you're doing, all that. And you can be kind of up to, up to date on certain things, right? right? And I was really not up to date. I'd seen a little moment of that, but I thought I just met someone mean who was right. like, well, I don't get it. Yeah. This is now the dialogue. Well, that's, that's I guess my, my answer to your question, long way around, but that's it. That's the thing that was shocking to us when we got into this, right. was we would go to the abortion mills and engage with them, and these mothers are going in saying that they know it's a baby, right. mm -hmm. they have a right to kill their baby, right. no one's going in there confused. And sled goes out, you're like, yeah, but let's talk about the size, and let's talk, and they're like, no, no, I've already, get, I've already granted you all I, that. I already know it's my baby, exactly. and I have the right to kill my baby, right. I'm going to do it anyways. Right. Um, I can't give my baby up for adoption and they walk inside and kill their baby. One of the things I say often is that every mother who goes into a Planned Parenthood knows what she's about to do, and the irrefutable proof is that she's going into Planned Parenthood. Mm. If she doesn't know what it is, then leave it alone. Right. Don't touch it. Mm. What happens? You know what happens. Right. 
It's a baby. Right. And these mothers know it in the deepest part of their being. Of course, there's always self-deception and there's suppressing of the truth of God and unrighteousness. But they know, and our role is not to go in with uh, arguments around the edges, but trying to make this about the gospel so that she can come to Christ. Right. So we're doing just that, bringing the law of God to bear on the person who's in front of us so we can call them to Christ. Do you know, Darren, I'll say this one thing. This issue for me, yeah. if you want to say like, bring it down to the brass tacks. This issue for me, if you're a presuppositional apologist, right. you have to be a quote unquote abolitionist to be consistent. Right. Because the same arguments we use to demonstrate the necessity of presuppositional apologetics philosophically and methodologically are the same things necessary when you talk about <coughs> the issue of this debate, this fight with abortion. Am I going to yield and grant neutral ground? Right. Am I going to pretend neutrality? Or am I going to stay consistent with the foundation of the revelation of God the whole way through? And that's why I'll say, if Texas passes a heartbeat bill, which National Right to Life didn't want to do years ago, and they resisted our bill for equal protection, right. if they pass that bill, I will say, hey, praise God that he uh, strikes straight blows with crooked sticks. This is my question because, let's bring this back to Trump. Um, <laughs> I remember talking to Doug before the, the election, you know, and Doug was not going to vote for Trump, right? You know, and I said, so when you, when you wake up tomorrow morning and Trump is president, are you going to be happy? He's, and he said, well, yeah. So, so you're, you're not going to vote for him. But when you wake up tomorrow and it's not Hillary Clinton, are you going to be pumped up? He's like, I'm going to be, yeah. Seems like, so you beat me to the punch because if they passed that, you didn't vote for it. But I got a feeling you're going to be pretty stoked. And once I, they start, and once people start suing people over this and causing a little fire over this, I would imagine you'd be a little happy. I'll be thankful for in God's perfect knowledge, what he knows of any child that's been saved as a result of something like this. Sure. But that's God striking a straight blow with a crooked stick. So for example, same situation if William Lane Craig uh, says he's not certain God exists with Lawrence Krauss. <laughs> and if he says, I'm not here to defend the biblical God. Which by the way, I think Sproul technically said too in that debate with, with, with Bonson. Because, yeah, he had to be inconsistent. Sproul, right, Sproul right. in the debate with Bonson, right. he went back and forth. 99.9999999% that, yeah. that of certainty of something. He, he went back and forth between a Reformed theologian to right. a skeptic. Right. And, yeah, it was really interesting to right. see. That. And that's how you see the, the wheels fall off. When, I, when I'm being inconsistent, the wheels are going to fall off, right, and sure. you'll spot it. Right. Um, but if William Lane Craig says, I'm not here to defend the God of the Bible at all, just general theism, and someone down the line says, hey... I actually came to Christ because I was listening, listening to Dr. William Lane Craig give an historical defense of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I really appreciate that. I'll say, hey, God strikes straight blows with crooked sticks, but uh, William Lane Craig is a crooked stick. Right. Um, because he specifically tells people, I'm not trying to defend Jesus. And, and just kind of an awkward dude. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's kind of cute in one sense, but he's kind of an, I remember I, I was somewhere and I could not figure out his outfit. He had the wackiest out with like cowboy boots on. And like one pant was like tucked in, and like one was out of the cowboy boots. I just didn't. I just didn't think William Lane Craig was gonna walk around wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> I guess Talk about an inconsistency. Talk about an inconsistent. <laughs> you know. So it's your show, though. So yeah. No, I, I'm just here. As opposed to All right. Costco. All right. Let's do something fun for everyone's <laughs> watching right now. Again, everybody, we are at the Fight Laugh Feast Mailed conference. It. We are. It's the Politics of Sex conference. We've got Doug Wilson here. We've got Darren Doan. We've got Gary Demar. 
David Bonson, we've got Vody Balcom, um, and uh, it's, it's great, it's, it's great to be here. Um, don't forget to go to apologiastudios.com to get more content, sign up for all access, make everything we do possible. Fun time now, Darren, tell us a story. You guys may have seen, and make sure you do, oh. Collision. Collision is uh, through new eyes in the new series. Oh, I love it. Through, through new, new eyes, eyes you're going to see. I pretty much it. made it for you guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. Eyes for I, you guys. Thank you. So go to get the Canon app to look at to, to see um, uh, Collision through new eyes. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie Collision, go tonight and watch it on Prime. Is it on Prime? No, it's off Prime now. It's oh, only uh, it's all it's only on the Canon app. Or if you go to Facebook on the Post Mill Studios, I left it there as like a little secret spot. Sweet. Oh, so, if you, okay. so if you don't want to go to the Canon app, and if you don't want to watch the exclusive piece, we did drop over on Apology as well. Find Post Mill Studios on Facebook, and you can watch the whole movie. Okay, wow. so you guys uh, may know Darren Doan is a filmmaker. He's, uh, he's excellent. We love his stuff. Um, you have some stories. I do. For I days. do, and I was listening to the intro. Um, because I think it's like what you have you have you cut it down from 19 minutes yet on that intro the apology <laughs> intro I mean it's a long that, one. it's a lot it's a, I'm yeah. a, I always catch myself like really getting into it like halfway through then I'm like wait is this the in like, I feel like yeah. I'm watching a movie I'm like we have two and then Joy shows up but I know we're almost done I'm like oh Joy's okay okay <laughs> yeah um, but you've got Michael Madsen in there and you've got Mr Blonde he's doing his quote from uh, Mr Blonde you're gonna bark all day a little doggy you're gonna bite. And um, I was making a movie at one point, and uh, one of the investors said, hey, why don't you put Michael Madsen in this movie? I know Michael. I go, that would be amazing to put Michael in, in this movie. And uh, he said, well, we're making another movie up in the desert. Why don't you drive out and meet him? So I went with my dad. Me and my dad drove out there. And there was this big Airstream you know, um, thing, and walked to the Airstream, opened up the Airstream. It was all leather zebra-like print all within the Airstream. And um, walked in, and I was supposed to hang out with Madsen and kind of give him the pitch on why he should be in this movie. And I, I introduced my dad to him, and uh, and then he said to my dad, you know, Bill, are are you in the are you in the industry? And I goes, Oh yeah. Starts telling his story, and they kind of went and sat down. And I went and sat in the corner, and they talked for like two hours in the corner about John Wayne and Sam Peckinpah and all these great movies and David Fincher and all the stuff my dad had worked on doing special effects. And like two hours, I'm in the corner, and they talk for two hours, and they get done talking like, <laughs> Oh, Bill, <laughs> you know, and they get done, and he looks over at me, and and, and Matson is Matson, and he goes. I don't know much about this movie, but you know what, kid? I like your dad, so what? I'll do it. That's amazing. That was it. And then we then we made a movie. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's amazing. That's my Michael Madsen story. Does, I love it. does he live in a zebra airstream in the uh, middle of nowhere? When he does movies, oh, that's okay. that's his um that's his trailer. Oh. Okay. So he has that brought out and then he hangs out. I was gonna say it's not trailer. much different than Kill Bill than when he played Bud. Well and I am trying and I'm trying to line up on the Kill Bill thing when the movie was made because I'm pretty sure so the movie we made, he showed up on the first day. This gets a little funnier story, but first day, and you get these sides on a movie set, so they're about this size, and it's the script, and it's just the actor's lines, right? So they can put it in their back pocket, they can pull it out, they can look. And it was like a four, five, I don't know why I wrote some crazy monologue. And it was like seven, eight pages of monologuing. And he was gonna give this story about he knew the guy behind the grassy knoll who took the shot. Carcano, the gun, and it was just, it was just a crazy scene. And so I walk onto his trailer on the first day, and um, it smelled like he'd been drinking. It's in the morning, and uh, it's a little, it's a little boozy, right? 
I said, hey, uh, Michael, did you get the sides? He goes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I go, because, you know, it's like a, we can break it up. It's like, I know it's like a, like a six-page monologue. I mean, we could, oh, no, I'm good. Do I, do I have the sides? I go, I go, yeah, they're in your back pocket. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, There's no way we're doing this. And so we, we get on the set, round table, a bunch of assassins, kind of pre-John Wick. It's a bunch of assassins that are coming to kill an assassin. And um, he sits down, everyone get, get all, all the cameras ready, and I'm like, okay, Michael, here we go, you know, and, you know, action. And he, cut. I go, he goes, hold on. And he goes out, and he brings a white hat back. And I think the white hat is the one he carried on over into Kill Bill. He goes, I found this hat on the way out. I think my character should have this hat. He puts the white cowboy hat on. He's like, all right. Set the cameras up, and action. And he starts. And he starts, and he blows through seven pages of monologuing and doesn't miss a beat. Nails every word. And it ends. And I go, cut. I go, I go, I go, I go, Michael, what is it? I'm like, blah, 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 like, Michael, and he goes, shh, shh, shh. Okay. <laughs> and I look at him. He goes, "Okay." And I'm, and he, and he just starts busting up, and, and 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 he goes, he goes, "Let me tell you a story. My first film with Harvey Keitel. We do this scene. I'm so excited to work with Harvey. And we do this scene, and we do it. We do it in one take, and it ends. And I can't believe how good it is." And I looked at Harvey, and I went, "Harvey, that was a, dude. It was like a dream come true. It was amazing." And he just put his hand on my shoulder. And he said, okay. <laughs> okay. That's my Michael Madsen story. I love that. That's fantastic. That's got to be our thing. That's all I got. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's a great all I story. Got. Gary was around here. Yeah, I wonder if all his uh, we lose our Tarantino movies prepared him for monologuing. I, I thought I was moving into like an end scene, end segment. I was feeling like it was an end segment. And then you guys perfect. looked around like we're just live streaming for the next well, nine I hours. I, I thought, and I'm like, is this an EDM event? Why, I thought, why is there, why are we still talking? I gave you Jeff the end. Wishes it was. We're supposed to have. Gary uh, was right there. He came over here. We're supposed to have dinner at five. Right? Is this running over though? It's, They're behind, I think. It's running over. Okay, it's 4.53. Okay. It's 4.53. So let's do this. Let's pull Dennis over. Dennis is behind me. And let's he'll get take Dennis my spot. over. He'll take my and spot. And he'll switch. Love Thank you, guys. Thank you, you so too, much, brother. Guys. Thank you so much, man, for joining us. All right, everyone, if Love you're just you, getting dude. here, we're pulling over Dennis Sarfate. Sarfate-san. Uh, Back team. Back team. I said this oh. at the beginning. Be in prayer for the amicus brief we filed at the Supreme Court. Uh using the word of God as the authority against the issue of abortion and uh, calling the uh, Supreme Court to repent of the injustice that they've upheld in their opinion in Roe versus Wade. We are at the Fight Laugh Feast Conference right now. This is Apologia Radio, Gospel Heard Around the World. Get more at ApologiaStudios.com. Sign up for all access. Partner with us in all we do. And by the way, just to give you a quick encouraging word as Dennis gets set, settled here, uh, was in Salt Lake City. We're planning a church in Salt Lake City, Apologia, Utah. We were there for the open house. There was like 130 people present. Uh, we're doing our first day of worship October 3rd, ApologiaUtah.com. Is that what it is? Yep. Yeah, ApologiaUtah.com is where you go to get more information on that. While I was there, it was so encouraging to see the people who were Mormons that came to Christ watching just one piece of content that we filmed without a plan, we were in Salt Lake City in the province of God by accident, and we shot this thing at 1 or 1.30 in the morning. No plan. We just went up and just shot something in the freezing cold, 
It's been used like a tract. People just share it across the world. Literally is a tract now. It is. It is. It is literally a tract. That's exactly right. Uh, thanks to Summer, right? She put that together for us. Didn't she pull it? I think we paid somebody uh, she, in she a foreign country. She definitely just spell Polished it, it for yes. sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I had a former Latter-day Saint that is now a believer in Jesus Christ who came up to me and said that he was part of the FLDS church uh, his whole life. So this is real Mormonism, guys and uh, devout, and he saw that video. God used it to open his eyes to the truth. He turned to Christ just watching that video that we filmed by accident uh, with no plan, and uh, he led his 10 brothers to Christ, who are also FLDS, um, and uh, he shares that all the time. So I want to let you guys know, thank you everybody who partners with us in All Access, because the truth is you did that with us, because none of that actually happens without you. So thank you guys for partnering with us. This is Dennis Sarfate-san. Hey. Dennis Sarfate, uh, he is, I sound right there, I can't, and now I can't stop saying it Konnichiwa. that way. Konnichiwa. Uh, you've seen Dennis before on Apologia Radio. Uh, Dennis is the head of Action for Life, and uh, he is working, I mean, this, this right here is as a result of uh, Dennis's work, and the guys are working together with Dennis, and uh, Dennis, welcome to Apologia Radio. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Absolutely. What is on your mind right now? What do people need to do to get connected to you right now? What is happening with Action for Life? Yeah, takeactionforlife.org. Uh, we are working in 25 states right now. We have bills in nine going in Pennsylvania. You'll be there with me. That's uh, right. September 25th, we have a rally at Harrisburg Capitol. Um, Representative Zimmerman went ahead and, and put our bill in for us. He's going to represent that. We're hopefully getting in the Florida soon, right? That's right. Yeah, Florida yep. and Louisiana. So just so everyone knows, as Dennis is talking about this, we're going to be in Pennsylvania, Harrisburg, August, uh, September 25th, yep. 10.30 a.m. is the rally at the state capitol. What he's talking about going in is significant. It's not a heartbeat bill. It's not stop using sharp tools, use chemicals. It is a bill of equal protection. You are human from conception. All humans need to be uh, protected equally. And so it's a bill of criminalization and abolition of abortion straight away. It's better than... Anything you've seen in Texas uh, that's been passed by the pro-life industry, the pro-life industry uh, killed, tried to kill our bill of equal protection in Texas, so they weren't interested in criminalizing abortion. Uh, They're interested in regulating it. Uh, but we're going to be in Pennsylvania, 25th of this month. Come and join us. If you are anywhere near Pennsylvania, make the drive. Come join us. We need numbers there to speak to the legislators. Yeah, Stephanie Click, who is being heralded as the, the goddess right now of pro-life for getting that bill voted no on our bill so she's clearly not pro-life yeah mm. completely have a lot of inconsistencies that are that are devastating they're devastating inconsistencies because the pro-life industry will often say we believe that you're human from conception but they don't fight like that's true no right. they'll they'll fight with an assumption of well you know you're human when there's a heartbeat yeah how do, how do you kill some babies and and save others right well you know you can ask the pro-life industry leader who gets behind a heartbeat bill like it's in texas you can say, do you believe that it's human from conception, that all humans need to be uh, protected from conception? And they'll, of course, acknowledge, yes, that's our position. We believe you're human from conception. So you don't really believe the heartbeat bill, do you? But you passed it, didn't you? Yeah. Why? Well, because Roe versus Wade. Well, Saki doesn't believe that Roe versus Wade is a law. That's right. Neither does Joe Biden. That's right. That's why they want to codify it as law. Mm -hmm. So why is the pro-life industry acting as though Roe versus Wade is a law of the land when Joe Biden says it's not? That's right. I mean, look at it. Take marijuana. 
right? We have 38 states. I don't do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We have 38 states saying pound sand federal government. That's exactly right. We're going to do what we want in our state. Right. Uh, Well, and it'll shortly be all 50 states. Like it's that's just what's happening. Of course. And And so and a nation. Like it won't be obviously it'll be a state by state. But like once every single state in the country is doesn't that kind of make it a national federal type thing? Yeah. Before you know it, that'll that's just going to be what everyone's doing. Why not? That's right. And the Fourteenth Amendment in our Constitution says to protect all human life. Those are babies. They're human lives. Why are we not protecting those in the world? Irrefutably. Irrefutably. You can't you can't fight that anymore. You can't fight it. Which is why the pro aborts we know this yeah they all say i know it's a baby i know it's human life don't care i want to be able to kill my baby that's right uh, i'm sorry wait health care i want women's health care yeah women's health it's, it's <laughs> women's health care except playing for the women that are in the womb except the little women in the womb yeah. exactly man these cameras look great they do look good we got some new cameras everybody look at them it's a new lighting package Jeez. it's great and the lighting in this place is really horrible and it still <laughs> looks delicious you know what it's nice you know what lighting won't look horrible what ReformCon 22. That's right. Arizona. That's right. Hey, right. Dennis, you want to talk to everyone about ReformCon? ReformCon 2022. Man, is it going to be epic? We're yes. going to have laser shows. We're going to have... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed hey. there's, a la- there's a sign there for a laser show. Is that... I don't do know get, if that's part of this or not. I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, so, okay. We, we want to set a standard for a Christian conference in terms of something that's beautiful and amazing. This isn't a church service. Yeah. It's a Christian conference. That's right. So we want to have great speakers. We want the venue to be comfortable and beautiful. We want the lighting to be amazing. Why do we allow today unbelievers to take concepts from the Christian worldview, like do everything you do to the glory of God, you want to do artistry, the most effective, most beautiful way, why do we let the Egyptians steal gold from us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I agree. It, uh, God uh, had the, the Israelites leave Egypt, and they were, take, they were packing with them the gold from the Egyptians. Yeah. Now it's the reverse. The Egyptians are taking our stuff. Yeah. Why are we going to put together media, movies, music, conferences at a lower level than the world does? We should do better. So ReformCon, we're going to do our best to make this something that is really enjoyable for everybody. We're going to have lots of time for fellowship, lots of time for feasting. We're going to have uh, great, great speakers. The title of the conference is By This Standard. I'm going to check baseballs at Luke. Yes. Well, I was talking about By the way, you don't know this. No, no. You don't, this is the first time <laughs> you heard of this. He's unaware. I, I, I pulled Please you don't. aside. I pulled Dennis aside yesterday. I said, we, we want to try to address the fact that all of life is worship. One of the things the Reformation did is it opposed Rome, and what it had done is it said worship takes place over there in that church. Right. And that priesthood, that's the guy that, that directs worship. He's in charge. of. He, that's the highest spiritual place. The Reformation said, no, that's not what the Word of God says. There's a priesthood of all believers, and everything is worship. All of life is worship. So we should do arts to the glory of God. We should do architecture to the glory of God. Everything's to the glory of God. And so one thing Sandlin said in one of the mm-hmm. videos he did for us, he said, you need to play basketball as worship to the glory of God as a Christian. Take over that realm for the glory of Jesus. Are you saying we're going to have basketball at ReformCon? Well, so what I said was I, we were going to add elements to say when we say by what standard, we're saying by this standard where in media, in government, in school, in education, in arts, all of that. We want to have by this standard. The Word of God sets that, uh, sets our faith out into the world, and that gives us a basis to say that things should be good and true and beautiful and lovely. So what I suggested was that Dennis should come up because he's a baseball superstar, 
and uh, Dennis should come up, and Dennis should talk about his life and his 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 witness in the area of, of of his field. And when this man throws a baseball, let me just say I've said this before. I went to see him once while he was just practicing barely with the kids and teaching them and just helping out and throwing some balls. And I'd never heard a baseball scream before. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say right now. It's intimidating. It's very intimidating. It, it's very intimidating to see him throw a baseball. What I said is he should talk about that and we should have you taped to the back wall and he <laughs> should throw things as hard as he can. Why me? At Th you. Things called baseballs. Yeah. Why yeah. me? Because yeah, you could you could do it where it's real close, right? I, I could get really close. Yeah, yeah. I like hey, right. You should put little match. No, like you said how to me a minute hey, ago. It, put little matchsticks in your ears, and he just lights them on fire. <laughs> I I virtually hit some foul balls off you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did virtually hit off me. Yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. Well, Not for real though. Like how fast do you can you throw a baseball? When I was good, a hundred. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm a woman, but I feel like someone needs to step well, in and say and it's not just safe. For, just for reference, you help me. He's like a, he's like a master at that. What would I throw a baseball at? Like 20 miles? <laughs> I don't know. 50. In what direction? They don't, they don't even measure. They don't even measure our. No. our Can you throw it, cheese it balls at me? <laughs> cheese balls? Oh, get you. Cheese balls. You could kick a baseball probably really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I. I yeah. That, I'd like to see that off a tee. Yeah. How far you can and, kick and, it. And see how fast right. it goes. If you threw the ball, though, it would break my foot for sure. Yeah, you don't, I won't throw it. You just kick it off a tee. Oh, okay. So it'll break your foot, I'd like to but see we're this. still going to have them thrown at Luke. Yeah, I don't like this game. <laughs> okay, so real fast. Now back to the conversation. Uh, let's, let's do this. And I don't know where Gary is. Uh, really important thing. Everybody knows what's been going on the last couple of days. Let me just say, I woke up last night at 4 in the morning. And uh, I woke up and it instantly kind of was like into prayer mode and thinking about what happened yesterday with uh, the Biden regime and uh, resident Biden going before the country and now mandating vaccines uh, with private employers. Praise God. You even had uh, Ben Shapiro coming on today and uh, Fox News and he talked about the fact that they're going to be suing and fighting and resisting because he has more than 100 employees with his uh, business and, uh, and this this got real serious real quick. It's been serious for the last year and a half, but this got real serious real quick because it almost seems as if the Biden regime is focused upon the destruction of the United States economy because making a move oh, yeah. like this with 80 million, 80 million American citizens who are unvaccinated, most of those people probably have already gotten uh, coronavirus. And uh, all the data shows that if you already had coronavirus, your um, antibodies and your ability to fight against even the variants is far ex uh, uh, exceeds uh, Pfizer's uh, vaccine. So why would you take it in the first place? Maybe these people are like me and they're like, I've already had coronavirus. No, thank you. Uh, I beat it and I'm good. Um, but the data is showing even that there, there could be some significant danger to having had coronavirus and beat it. And then you take the vaccine itself at any rate, uh, 80 million uh, American citizens have said no to the vaccine, are not taking it yet, and Biden is saying that he want that we're essentially. If you did you watch this thing? Yeah. It it it's vilified it vilified the unvaccinated. Yep. We're the danger. Mm, we're we're the reason. Yeah, we're the reason that this is all going on, and so he's essentially pitting neighbor versus neighbor, which is of course a clever little Marxist tool. I've been doing that since the beginning. 
uh, these are the enemies and these are the guys that are the problem. Um, I was shocked just to listen to it. I had to eventually turn it off like five minutes ago. I was like getting ill uh, watching it. But um, he essentially said that because of the 80 million American citizens who have been vaccinated, we're going to now mandate it. If you got um, an employer with over 100 or more employees, you're going to have to mandate vaccines or take weekly tests or whatever the case may be. This is dangerous, dangerous territory. This is dangerous territory. This is not a discussion about the vaccine and a debate about the vaccine. It's dangerous territory for the government to say, we can stick something in you against your own will. And we used to have a name for that. It was called rape. And we're opposed to that in some areas, but apparently not when the Biden regime wants you to get the vaccine. Um, the American citizens have, because of the Christian worldview, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. If an American citizen constitutionally says, no, thank you, already had it, beat it, don't want the vaccine, we have the right before God to resist. Christ is king, not Biden. Christ is king, and he rules over all, and his law is supreme. And so if a Christian says, no, I'm concerned about my family, I'm concerned about my life, I'm concerned about my health, I am going to say no for now. I'll say no. The government has no right to tell me that you have to put this in your body, especially with something that has um, all the data is consistent in terms of what coronavirus does and who's in danger, 99.9 whatever the percentage is, survival rate. A person should be able to say, I'm concerned about future fertility, I'm concerned about my life, I'm concerned about my children, and so I'm going to say no. God allows me to have this realm of jurisdiction and authority. So all that to say, if you go to apologiachurch.com, apologiachurch.com, one of the drop-down menus has our church's response to the vaccine mandates. And it's under there, resources. It's under resources. Yep. And in there also, you're going to have a little thing that pastors can sign. We want to encourage you, pastors, if you don't have something written up, feel free to copy ours. If you, um, if you need uh, a template, use ours. We put it yep. up there for our church body, the protection of our church body as pastors. Uh, but we want to welcome any pastors or churches across the country oh, to it. adopt ours, pull from ours. You don't have to cite us, none of that. Just we want to make sure the church is protected and blessed in this vitally important area. So if you have questions about it, go to Apologia Church. Church.com. I was also going to say, if you look at it, there's actually two pages. The second page is uh, basically a waiver. Um, please have your own pastor do that and fill it out for you. We cannot fill it out for you if you're not a member at our church. Because yes. I've gotten a few of those requests. I can't vouch for you. So if you're a member at our church, we're glad to fill it out for you individually and sign it. But uh, please take that to your own pastor to get that signed. So. That's right. Gary DeMar. Yes. Uncle Gary. American Vision. If you guys have been watching Apologia Radio for any uh, length of time, you know about Uncle Gary. Even the last week. Even, even very <laughs> recently. This is one of our favorite people in the world. Yeah, I was saying to Gary yesterday, it's amazing. Uncle Gary was our term. It was our word for Gary because he's like... I'm the old guy in Well, this not just group. the old guy. You're sort of like family. You brought us into this. You, you, it was your books and your teaching that changed my mind and challenged me. And uh, it's like family, like, you know, this is sort of where 
in a way, it's a very close connection. So Uncle Gary, now everybody the calls him. The good uncle, though. Yeah, the good uncle. Not the crazy uncle. Well, he's the fun uncle. He's the fun uncle. But now everybody calls him Uncle Gary, which I kind of like that because, yeah, he's he, he kind of like the godfather. He's like, you know, eh. Yeah, now I'm Italian, too. I could, I could pull that off. That's right. <laughs> so, Uncle Gary, how are you? What's going on? Doing well, yeah. So I'm just happy to be here running into people uh, whose lives have been changed by your what you guys are doing, some of the stuff I've been do, I've been doing as well, uh, reconnecting with some friends I haven't seen in you know, 15 or 20 years. So that's wow. that's a good thing too as well. Yeah. Right on. So uh, what's in the front of your mind right now? Help, help us ar ar articulate your perspective. What's going on even with the most recent news with Biden mandating the vaccines for employers? I'd love to hear you just talk about uh, that. Okay. I what what I see happening is it's forcing people at the political level who've talked and talked and talked to finally do something. Mm. We're seeing, we're, we're gonna see who's on the right side of all these issues. Who are the people who are gonna make a difference in the, in, in the future? The, the issue of what's the proper response to governmental tyranny has been debated you know, since the time of Calvin and Luther and, and uh, Rutherford and John Knox and many, many, many others. All the literature has been written on all this. In fact, I had a, had a three-part interview with Gary North a, a couple weeks ago, and, and Gary, a little frustrated, a little frustrated, said, it, it's all been written. We, there's nothing else that really has to be written about all this stuff. It's all on the table. The question is, what are you going to do? What's the, what's the action at this point? And right now, we're, we're going to be, we're putting into effect, I think, the doctrine of the lesser magistrate, which is what the, those people dealing with uh, what's the proper response? That was the solution. It wasn't revolution. It was not pulling out your guns. You think you're going to go and kill, shoot people? We're going to win this war because we have all the guns. It's absolute nonsense. It's dangerous. What the reformers and the people who wrote on this topic believe that anarchy was worse than tyranny. So what we have, we have a very unique political system because built into our constitution, our Caesar, if you will, yep. we have the right. So number one, petition the government for a redress of grievances, First Amendment. Number two, those those powers and authority not enumerated in the Constitution re reside with the states, the Tenth Amendment. So what we're seeing is, is a, a governors saying, nope, we're not going to go yeah. along with this federal mandate. And that's what we want to hear. That's and, right. And what what typically happens is we're picked off one at a time. Um, and what is, it's like the whole bundle of sticks, you know, take one stick and you, know, you break it, take two sticks, maybe you can break it. You have five, or five to ten sticks together and you try to break that bundle, you can't do it. If these states stick together, if these governors stick together, we put the national government on notice that we're following the Constitution. We're not revolutionaries, we're not secessionists, we're saying this, you're, you've gone outside the bounds of your federal power. And if you, we don't push against this, there's going to be a new mandate down the road. And right. it has nothing to do with COVID. Uh, and people are going to get used to it. And it's yep. time that we, we have to give them a legitimate reason to do it. And we have to be consistent about doing it and operate in terms of call on the Constitution. The Constitution is our, is our guide in all of this. It's right there, right all in front of us. These governors just need to take, take the initiative. Let's hope they do. Yeah, I feel like we were just talking about everyone sort of abiding by something and 
that's not a law. That's a, like Roe versus Wade is a Supreme Court decision. Right. Uh, it's not a law, but everyone just kind of went along with it, and now we're arguing over uh, abolition versus incrementalism, and it's like, why didn't we just stop it <laughs> when it happened? Like, incrementalism is not an issue if we just stand up and say like this is wrong stay consistent and it's not a law right. so like i don't know like we've just been pretending like let's not pretend that all this stuff is a law for another 50 years like right. we did with let's not abortion. Yeah, exactly <laughs> the point good point joy let's not pretend that biden has the authority to do this yeah and this right. and this is one of the books that we published greg bonds is called pushing the antithesis right mm. forcing forcing them to live consistently with their operating assumptions while you are giving the other side of the issue, we're living consistent, consistently with ours. We want to see where these, these politicians and churches and pastors are going to fall down on these issues. Unfortunately, pastors, they don't have the slightest idea about any of these things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they that's a good point. They haven't been trained yes. in the way that um, many pastors and theologians have th for, for centuries in terms of like a full-orbed, comprehensive Christian worldview, areas of justice, areas of law and history, all that, historical exegesis, all that. Our, our, our seminaries have been so dumbed down that the average pastor in the pulpit can't even tell you what this particular text in the Old Testament in terms of the law of God meant. That's just all, yeah. you know, I, that's all foreign stuff to even me. Like, yeah. so when you say, like, in, in, when COVID broke and the government was saying, no, we'll tell you when you can go back to worship, we'll do this, we'll do that. I think many pastors across North America, and of course globally, many pastors had never even thought through, like, well, what are the limits of government according to God's word? And it's amazing because you made the great point. This stuff's already been written. Yeah. Like we've already hashed this out, and it is so comprehensive and so wonderful and so rigorous and so biblical. And many of these men have never even touched it. They're not even aware that it exists. We've already had these debates. There's been a historical Christian tradition that's already actually brought this out in beautiful, beautiful terms consistently. And, and I think I love your point, Uncle Gary. And that's just that enough's been written on this. I don't think you can improve upon it. Let's just get to work applying it. Yeah, but here, here's, here's the rub with all of this is a lot of these pastors say, that's not our place. We're not supposed to do that. Romans 13 says there are no exceptions to authority. Uh, and look, a lot of a lot of this has to do with. I was talking with with, uh, with, with, with Dennis the other uh, earlier about pastors are afraid they're going to lose members. And I always ask the mm. question of somebody who's in a church like that: Is there a mortgage on your church? If there's a mortgage on your church, you're going to find that pastors are skittish to talk about these things mm. because they can. They're they're head counters. They know where every dollar is coming from. And it's on the abortion issue as well. One of the reasons why a lot of pastors won't talk about abortion is there's your elders or deacons, there's probably a daughter in there who's either contemplating having an abortion or had an abortion. And this may be a pretty big business guy in town and he's got lots of money, he sends a lot of money to the church. So you know, this idea of follow the money, that's, that's an aspect of this. But there, a lot of pastors have just capitulated to the idea, you know, oh, we're not supposed to, I wrote that book, Myths, Lies, and Half-Truths. Right. Jesus didn't get mixed up in politics. Jesus said his kingdom is not of this world. Politics is dirty. The separation between church and state. You, you can't impose your morality on other people. You're not supposed to judge. You go down the list with all of this, and 
that's the that's the the, the the system that we're living in the last days. This has all been predicted in the Bible. I mean, COVID right now is the market, you know, mark of the beast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and not, that's not to minimize that what's taking place here, because there's a principial application to Romans to, to Revelation 13. There certainly is. Yeah. Yes. That, we don't want to dismiss that, but there's all kinds of seemingly biblical reasons why not to take this on. Right. And this is the time to do it. So this is Gary DeMar with American Vision. If you don't know him, get to know him. Uh, great book, Myths, Lies, and Half-Truths. Um, Gary's written extensively on a number of subjects uh, that will truly bless your life. So AmericanVision.org. Amer AmericanVision.org. Go there, get connected, support the, his organization and ministry, so, and buy some books. Um, they got lots God of God and government. God and government. Last but the, Day's but, Madness. But the most recent one was... Uh, uh, with Dr. Bonson. Um, Against all oh, uh, the impossibility of the contrary. The impossibility of the contrary. There you go. No, oh, yeah, tip yeah. Tip my tongue. Impossibility of the contrary. Um, get that book, guys. You can get it at AmericanVision.com. Yes, dot org. Yeah, yeah, um, and so go there, pick up some books. If you Listen, if you appreciate what you've gotten from Apologia Church and Apologia Studios over the years in terms of theology, you know, I stand on the shoulders of giants. Um, I, the men I consider heroes and the men that really shape my thinking um, uh, it's a limited group. Uh, Dr. Bonson, of course, everyone knows that. Uh, Dr. James White, my mentor, my spiritual father in the faith, my teacher, my friend. But uh, Gary DeMar, I can't tell you how many countless, countless hours of my life have been spent listening to Gary and reading his books and, and how many times, Gary, you've helped me. Yeah, it's funny. That, I don't know if anybody knows this, but I, oftentimes I get something from Luke, some yeah. text or from you, and say, hey, do you have anything on this topic? Yeah. And uh, I... He's usually on it, I too. Usually, I usually have it, like right send it away. to you, and I, right. I, I, I appreciate yeah. you guys coming to me. And I always tell people, look, if you ever have any questions about anything, I'll either steer you to the place where there's an answer for it, and, if, and after reading and studying that, you still have some questions, I'll take, I'll answer them for you. I'm open. A lot of guys, you know, they're not a public, public figure. I'm out there. You have any questions, come to me. I don't so know the awesome. answer. I'll find the answer for That's you. That's right. And, Such a blessing. and we love Gary. And uh, truly, you know, it's it's important. I think people recognize like God is growing His kingdom. It's like a seed that grows into a tree. And uh, you know, when you think about all the great blessings and benefits of what's happening here at Apologia Studios, whether it's in abortion now or against the cults or atheism, whatever the case may be, or even I'll be honest with you, even our resistance over the last year and a half to government tyranny. I learned those, those biblical principles and that wisdom 20 years ago, reading and listening to Gary. Mm. And so if you say, well, I like the fruit of this ministry and how they've responded to the government and the things that they're saying that are consistent and biblical, I didn't make that up. I didn't get that on my own. I'm not that special. I got it from Gary. Um, and, and I got it from other people, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. And so I want to encourage you guys, if you, if you, if you want to go to the, the teacher, go to Gary, get some books. I'm going to just especially commend to you the work he's done in areas of eschatology that are that are actually in, in in supreme focus at the moment. When you think about the fact that, like you're talking about, so many evangelicals today are looking at the the situation around us, and they're saying, "Well, this must be the end of the world. It can't fall apart worse than this. This must mean that that's the beast. This is the mark of the beast." They're trying to find a way to make connections. You need to get help on that. You need to get biblical on that, and you need to get a healthy perspective of the future that I got from Uncle Gary. So go to AmericanVision.org and get some books, get some stuff. Gary, thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, so I think we're good. 
Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you for watching, everyone across them internets. This is Joy the Girl. See ya. This is Luke the Bear. Peace out. Don't forget to get your free Bonson U account at ApologiaStudios.com. Don't forget to go sign up for all access at ApologiaStudios.com. Grateful for all of you. Next thing to meet us at is September 25th, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, 10.30 a.m. at the state capitol. We're doing a rally for a bill of equal protection and criminalization at the capitol, September 25th. Anything else going on this year? There's more stuff that we have going on, um, but I know we're not going to solve. Public. Well, you're going to be in Dallas November, right? Yeehaw. Yes. Fifth or sixth or something like that? Somewhere around there. Beginning of November, it's the Pro-Life is Not Enough conference, and uh, we'll announce second? that as we get closer to the day. November 2nd. Christine's over here. She's got it. Yes, cool. it's happening sometime yeah. in November. We'll let you guys know as we get closer. Uh, we also have Oh, no, we will be in, sorry, Louisiana. Pastor Trace sitting over right over there. Louisiana. Uh, our first uh, end abortion now weekend, uh, no, uh, December 5th, I believe. Right on. Uh, well, that'll be up on our end abortion now page. We'll be there. You'll be able to go get details for there. We'll, we will be in Louisiana first right. week in December. Bless you, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. We'll catch you next week right here on Apology Radio.